When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We want it men. another edition of the smugglers galaxy podcast this is episode number 12 live from the wookie home world of kashik celebrating life day is jason wasoko jason how's it going down there good i got my red robe on chewbacca's uh, hanging from the trees we're we're celebrating here we're having a party awesome cool how's your week going so far so far, so good. I got a couple pieces that I'm excited to talk about. Um, I did pick up the Holiday Edition Range Trooper. We forgot to talk about that a couple weeks ago. Yeah, how, how are you enjoying that? I, I, the more I see of them, the, I guess the, the more up-close stuff I, I see of those. Uh, I haven't seen one in person yet, but I, I'm noticing they're doing the the, uh, the holiday sweater things on them. So it's kind of freaking winning me over on those things. How, how are you liking yours? I picked up this one because I thought it was the least offensive. It's the Range Trooper, but he's got the the deco to look like Santa Claus. Uh-huh. So all of the furry parts of his costumes white, but then the rest of it is red. And it comes with Dio who looks like Rudolph. They painted him brown with a red nose. So I thought this one was cute. I don't know if I necessarily need all of them. I think like the green color, the neon green is a little offensive on a stormtrooper. I just don't think it works. The red's more subdued. And that's why I, that's why I didn't mind with this range trooper. Yeah. I think like you said, the, colors are just they're too damn bright too damn bright <laughs> the only other thing i picked up this week um my hasbro pulse orders came in for cad bane and the armorer black series were you able to get the uh upgraded armor or did you just get the standard version i got both <laughs> slowly lowers head <laughs> <laughs> dude I, I can't blame you because i'm the same way because you know when thrawn came out i got the standard version and then eventually picked up the comic-con version so yeah well you see i didn't get that and i regret it and so now i'm like i'm just i'm gonna get both and put my head down and and enjoy my shame there you go how about you did you pick up anything anything special in particular i don't know what you're talking about uh (laughs) i did i did this is the (laughs) yeah this is this is a really 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 awesome story Start from the beginning. Like, how did you get into this specific um, focus? A couple of years ago up at ICC in Nashville, um, there's a guy named Anthony is in the big into the pre-production stuff. And he brought just a big tote. I probably 30 or 40 totes. I don't know. It was just an insane amount of stuff and uh, for sale. And I'm just going through it and I open a tote and there's a ghost sitting there which is the ship from Rebels. And everybody knows how much I love that show. I just picked it up. I didn't know what it was. All I knew was it was a ghost. So I, I bought it and then you start doing research on it and come to find out it was a Galactic Heroes first shot ghosts. First shots means it was the first one out of the mold and a pre-production piece. I was able to pick up the production version with the Ezra and the chopper. The more you research, the more you realize, well, they made a whole run of them. They made a they made the whole crew with the uh, Inquisitor. Mm-hmm. And the Inquisitor and the Kanan, they made it in a production. And they, they're hard to find, but I found one at Toylana uh, right after that. And then uh, you realize that there's a Zeb, a Hera, and a Sabine. And those never made it in a production. And then they also made a Phantom, which was packaged with Hera. 
that whole that whole run was I, I got to give everybody props that helped me out because I'd get a message, you know, one day from somebody, hey, there's a Zeb on on eBay, and I went and picked that up, and then the next, you know, I'm looking for Sabine. One day they there was a couple that pop up on eBay, and I get a message saying, hey, they're on eBay, and I was able to pick Sabine up earlier this year, uh, painted hard copy, not a hard copy, painted first shot of her that left Hera, which I never thought I'd be able to find because they never. Sabine, I thought was hard enough, and Hera, I thought was going to be impossible mm-hmm. because they she just never, never popped up. Uh, Zeb pops up. They make they also made an Ezra one, but those the, I don't want to say they're a dime a dozen, but they're they're probably hundreds of the Ezra out where there's tens of the other guys out. Mm-hmm. Long story short, I picked up Zeb and I picked up Sabine when she because Sabine had popped up uh, like a, a year or two before, so I knew she was out there, but there'd never been a Hera pop up. There was a Hera popped up earlier this month, and the guy was wanting an insane amount of money for it. And so I'd watched it. Yeah, I was, I'd made a couple of offers on it, and they were all shot down. I messaged uh, one of my buddies named David, and I'm like, hey, he does pre production stuff too. And I'm like, hey, is this legit? Do you know, look over these pictures because he's, he's helped me out before with, with some of this stuff, and he knows pre production. And uh, he looked it over and said, yeah, it's, it's legit, but you're crazy to pay that price for it. And I said, no, I'm not going to pay that price for it, but I'm just, I want to know and I'm going to watch it. And if it ever drops down, I'll, you know, pick it up. And in that process, he goes, well, how about I make your night right now? And I'm like, what do you mean? At that moment, he sends me a picture of a first shot Hera in Galactic Heroes. Yeah. Um, did he have it or he he had it in his possession? Wow. And he said, when I picked this up, it was meant to be in your collection. I picked this up for your collection because I know how much it means to you and how much you've been searching for this. And I'm trying not to get emotional right now to thinking about it. No, I'm getting I'm getting chills and I'm getting a little misty eyed from, from the story. I mean, that's just very, very touching and very special it is and he called me and uh i picked it up on my computer so it was on speakerphone and my wife's kind of hearing what's going because she knew i kind of she had seen the hair piece and was like buy it and then she saw how much it was and was like no you're not no you can't have it for that because it, it was in the 800 dollars range and she you can't have that like, and a wife exactly you can't have both so she kind of heard what was going on and she comes in the room and is like what 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 are you talking about? And then I show her the picture on my phone and she gets teary eyed just realizing what's happening and realizing that just a specialist of, of the moment I'm losing it. And I'm, it was just an incredible, an incredible moment. And it just, it just, it meant the world to me. Yeah, no, I mean, just to have that, piece that holy grail that you've been searching for so long and to have it come with such meaningful connection with someone um i think is incredibly special and i think that's going to be you know like the centerpiece of your collection whether people gravitate to that or not you're going to look at it and you're just going to be like this is this is the most important special piece in my collection which is a great story just to know that he searched for that piece for me for the last two years he was there when I bought the ghost and we talked about it. And then the next year when I went back to IC, we had talked a little bit more and we were, he were like, Oh, you're the guy that got the ghost. So we were able to catch up again. And this guy lives up in New Jersey. This is why I say make contacts with people and get to know the people around you because this was, I mean, we talked and we didn't really hang out a whole lot, but we hung out just enough to where he knew what I was into And we were able to be friends on Facebook and cultivate that friendship to where he's looking for a piece for me that I've been looking for for two years. Yeah. And just to know that he looked for that piece for me for two years, it blows my mind. And it just, it's a really humbling experience to have that happen to you. That's awesome. And and yeah, it, like you said, it's in my collection. If I need to pick me up, I'll just go look at that piece and you just, you've got the whole, you know, everything that goes into it is just incredible. It's just, it, yeah, it's never going anywhere. It's locked in my, in my shelf. And yeah. 
Yeah, and he told he told me when we hung up. He goes, "Now we're on to the Phantom." So hopefully, knock on wood, we can <laughs> find a Phantom one day. That'd be great. That's a, that's an awesome, touching story. And I there's no way I could top anything like that. That's just that's great. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm so happy for you. Thank you. It, yeah. it, it it's definitely it, it, it it's it's so many it's special on so many levels because it completes a run I thought I'd never be able to complete. Brings that bond of friendship to the forefront. Mm-hmm. absolutely did you watch the lego holiday special i have not watched it yet yeah. have you yeah i did my son and i watched it this week it's it's pretty cool it's pretty fun I, i've seen the concept of it but i haven't watched it yet how long is it it's about 45 minutes so it's not too long it's long enough where it doesn't overstay its welcome it, it's a lot of fun like i don't really get into the lego star wars stuff um too much but this piece was fun and it kind of had me right from the start because if you know the Mandalorian, it starts with the red and blue lights flashing around helmets. They kind of copied that, but it's all Lego form, so it's like a parody of that. Nice. So right out of the gate, you know, I'm like, oh, this is this is cool. This is fun. Now that I know it's only 45 minutes, I'll probably go watch it because I was scared it was going to be like an hour, hour and a half, and uh, I don't know if I could stand that long of Legos. No, it's it's good. It's uh, It picks up pace. I don't want to spoil it because you haven't seen it, but um, as it goes, it picks up its pace. It, it becomes more fun. It's it's silly and ridiculous. It's something that can never happen in Star Wars, which is exactly why. And I think it's a lot like the Lego movie where, I don't know if you've seen that or not, but it's all about imagination and expressing yourself through imagination. And this the twist is it's actually just a kid playing around in his basement. And this kind of feels like it's kids playing around with their Lego toys. It's not something that could actually happen in the Star Wars universe, but... Um, it's kind of got that same feel. I saw enough of like the previews to where I know that some kind of way Ray gets this time traveling device, and so she's yeah. jumping around the whole uh, everything, you know, all all nine movies. So uh, I'll probably watch it just for that, and even yeah. goes into the Mandalorian. Yes, um, but don't. It's a blinker. You miss a kind of cameo. Oh, jeez. He's there, but he's there for like three seconds. It's just long enough to be like, yeah, we've we've checked that box. <laughs> there's baby yoda yep baby yoda's there the child no macaroons though oh geez that was <laughs> i need to get some macaroons for the next meetup whoever hosts the next meetup needs to have some macaroons just for my that. wife makes macaroons so i'm gonna have to see if she can make some oh that'd be great the only thing is macaroons are very very tough to make she's an excellent baker i'm sure my macaroons will turn out crappy but she's an excellent baker and i would say she's Hopefully not listening. She, <laughs> it's it's kind of like a 50-50. Like all the ingredients need to be handled correctly and they have to be in the right order and they have to, it's just a very intricate process to make them. And so we'll see if she can make me some blue ones. I just won't throw up after I eat them. Yeah. Don't go on a roller coaster. <laughs> that was so awesome. <laughs> um, I did pick up a Hondo. I picked up, uh, you know, taking your advice. I, I found Hondo at Target the other day, and they're running a 25% off. That It's probably yeah. gone by the time you hear this, but uh, I picked him up for fairly cheap. Was that the only one they had? Yeah. They didn't have fives? I'm still looking for fives. Uh, which one's fives? He's one of the clone troopers. Oh, okay. Single carded. I'll, uh, I'll pay attention. Yeah, but that's that's all I picked up this week, and you've, you've got the story to end all stories there with the, the uh, Hera figure. And- yeah. it's it's a special piece because it's got i mean it's a it's a true first shot which makes which makes it even better so that's awesome yeah galaxy's edge merchandise is coming out oh yeah i forgot about that dude did did you see they've come out with new boba fett plush they did one a holiday special and a regular one i'm assuming the holiday special one is just for life day or is going to be a very limited edition uh with with the blue scheme to it versus the normal red and green that looks really good. I'm looking at it right now. That's cool. And then they did a Thrawn wooden doll, which I need to pick both of those up because I, I don't know if they, they, I don't know how to describe them, but they're not marionettes, but they've got like a metal body to them and then wood on the outside and you can bend them and make them do crazy stuff. And that they made a Thrawn one, which damn it, I need everything Thrawn. It's pretty close to a marionette. I mean, we, I picked up the stormtrooper for my son the last time I went down there. And it's pretty close to that. It's got limited range. It doesn't fully move like a like a true marionette, but 
Yeah, it's attached to a base and you can move its arms and it's all wireframe. So it does stand in that position and it's tension wire. So, yeah, but I see the Thrawn one. That's pretty cool that they, they made that. Yeah, they've actually, they've got a, a decent amount of Thrawn stuff down there uh, and, and Rebels both because they also have the, uh, I can't pronounce it right, but that thing that Hera has that is for her family. But whatever that statue is, they've got that and they actually put it They've got the piece with uh, Kanan on it. So after I saw Rebels and I did a quick scan of it at uh, when I did my second rewatch of Rebels, I did a quick scan of that and the Galaxy's Edge and then to see that they put that piece on there for Kanan. I was like, now I got to go buy that thing. Yeah. They also have new 3.75 inch droids, or at least that scale. They're not all that that size because they had a new BB unit, a Forlom. But it's got unique packaging, which I kind of like that it's different from what Hasbro's doing. And I don't think these are Hasbro figures. I think these are figures that Disney's making. The other thing that I thought was really cool. So right outside the droid depot, there's about five droids that are kind of positioned outside. There's a yellow droid that you kind of see in The Force Awakens. There's the, um, I don't know what, it's a tall, like dark green droid that's in uh, the Lars Homestead a couple R units, um, but they, it's a box pack of five figures that they're selling um, together, which I think I want to pick up. What's cool about that is if you, uh, while you're in Galaxy's Edge, download, if you download the, uh, the app on your phone, the Disney Play app on your phone, you can make those droids do stuff. So that, that's kind of cool, a cool feature throughout the whole land of Galaxy's Edge. The $100 ones, right? No, the um, the droids that are just sitting there, you right outside the droid depot. Oh, okay. Sorry, I'm on board. I know what you're yeah. talking. About. Well, the droids do that. The hundred dollar droids, when you're walking through Galaxy's Edge, they do either Bluetooth or do something. They, you know, you're walking through, and if you're good to, close to droids, there's some kind of frequency that they send out that your droid will start going crazy, which is it's fun. Yes, yes. Sorry, I'm I'm in the water here with Chewbacca on Kashyyyk, so <laughs> a little distracted. But I know what you're talking about now. <laughs> yeah, they also did a uh, the droid from Resistance. Did they do a full size or a bigger droid from him? The the CB23. I think it's just the red droid right now. Okay, gotcha. I know I saw some with the the droid from Resistance, but I don't know what scale they made them in. And they also did a X-wing pilot helmet. Yep. And they've also made uh, some more legacy sabers. Uh, available on shop disney i think they did the luke um and maybe a ray and and the bin but what disney's doing on both coasts it's kind of cool in their downtown areas they've made shops to where you can you can go buy the galaxy's edge stuff without having to be going to galaxy's edge right which you know it's good on disney because they've able they're able to uh profit on it and make up some money from the that they've lost over this pandemic because i think I, i heard they lost like four billion or a couple of billion over yes. this whole time i mean when you don't have your billion dollar earners like i'm sure black widow would have been mulan would probably have been more than it made you know they don't have that revenue stream anymore and so they need to make it up somewhere else it's a smart move on their part it, it kind of breaks the illusion that everything you buy can only be bought on bet bet too but at the end of the day you know how far are you going to suspend your disbelief it's it's disney you're going into a theme park you're, you're not taking a transport you know so what difference does it make where you buy it? I agree with that. It does kind of it is kind of a bummer that you can buy it outside of the park now. This whole 2020 sucks, so they've got to do what they got to do to keep keep the business moving. So I can't really blame them. Yeah. 2020. I don't think they've done the uh, mugs from Ogas yet. I don't think you can get those outside of the park yet. So at least you got something. Yeah, at least there's some exclusivity going on still. They pres- they're preserving that. And speaking of Disney, I I got I was a little upset because i really needed some uh disney magic the other day and i walked into town center mall in kennesaw near us and they closed the disney store down what yeah i went to look for the new boba fett they, they did a boba fett the toy box with that's exclusive to disney that line of figures they did him with the slave one so i wanted to put my hands on it and i walked into the mall and the disney store was closed hold on that's a game changer in my life hold on <laughs> I mean, that's one of the reasons why we went to that mall was because the Disney store and then Pink Geeks right down there. It was fighting back tears because oh gosh, after they had started opening things back up, I went in there just to kind of get that little bit of Disney magic. And I wanted to see if it would work. And it worked because, you you know, it's it's not much, but it's just enough to get you get the 
take the edge off. That that store was closed. It was because I, I did the same thing you did. I have a run. I parked by I parked by uh, Joseph A. Banks. You walk yeah. in, you hit lunch box or box lunch, and you go upstairs and you hit Think Geek Disney Store. You run into Hot Topic real quick, and then you leave. So I can do that mall in an hour. I knew they were doing it. I knew they were closing stores around the country, but I had no clue yeah. they were closing that one. So I think the closest one now is an hour away from us, and, and I think it's more populated. We, we try to get those Disney store keys that they release every so often. My wife has a, a collection of those, and we kind of frame them. And we, we have a Disney room um, right next to our Star Wars room. It's just going to be more challenging now to get those keys. I mean, COVID, freaking COVID. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's over for for good. They they could open it up, I guess, maybe some other time down the road. But for now, it's it's gone. Yeah, it's gone. There's nothing left in it. You know, not even freaking statues or anything. It's it's all gone. Oh, <laughs> and pour one out for the Disney store. Man, this this podcast is filled with highs and lows. <laughs> yes, it is. This is a low. Bringing it back to a high point, they did release uh, Star Cruiser picks, at least uh, what your rooms could look like. Yeah, and those those look like rooms in a Star Cruiser, which I thought was pretty cool. They they have that Star Wars aesthetic. I don't know why I'm stuttering there, but yeah, it's got that a Star Wars aesthetic. The only thing that I thought was weird was the the windows. The initial concept art that they released had these giant windows that you can look out into space and it's like that meme what what you expect and what you got this year and it's always like something pathetic for what you got and the 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 screen looks like a 20 inch tv yeah the window out to space is just this small little frame window it's got you know like the majority of the wall is wall but then right in the middle it's a small little window that you can see out into space but like i said it's it's very small which is disappointing you would think for what they're planning on charging for that, that they'd make a big window. 3000 per person for three nights. It's a thousand dollars a night. I want to go so bad, but it's going to be, you know, next year before it's open. And then you really want to let it, you know, let it stew for a couple of years, let them get their, their stuff together before you go two, three years before I could even think of going. And there's some great patents for this thing. They've got, free range droids should be running around this this uh, ship because i think it's less of a liability than it is out in the park where people might try to trip over it there's less people so there's more room for the droids to roam there's patents for some sort of jedi training where you're using your lightsaber and there's blasters coming out from the wall and you you need to use your lightsaber to to dodge and block um just like you would see in in the movies so there's a lot of cool stuff. There's like a, a bar, which is more like a sit-down restaurant, but it is universe. And I'm hoping that they'll have more people dressed as characters so that you're interacting with them, unlike Olga's Cantina, where it's just tourists. It better be more with Galaxy's Edge was promised, how we were promised for Galaxy's Edge, where, you know, you had the, the if you stunk at Smuggler's Run, they were going to apparently have a bounty hunter that would come after you or when you went when you went to pay for something they would be like you know hondo's mad at you or hey nice lightsaber or, you know they would keep track of you more uh, but they're not yep. doing that right now the, what they say is you get your own clothes so you look like you're in the star wars universe but you're not dressed as a specific character you fly down to batu with missions so there's lots of doorways in batu that really don't go anywhere you would think it's just for aesthetic but you know if you're running missions maybe there's a a secret room where you go in and you talk to someone and then you leave and it kind of separates you from the tourists. So I'm going to go back to Harry Potter world versus galaxy's edge. There's a yeah. secret path or something in Harry Potter world where you're like in a dark alley it does feel like you're not supposed to be back in there. I wish they would have done something like that in galaxy's edge where, you know, you take a wrong turn and you're in a bad part of town for a thousand dollars a night. This thing better, you better live, eat and breathe and sleep star Wars. You know, you hear rumors that there, you can go down into the engine room and the, the you know, it's going to be basically Westworld, but star Wars. Yeah. For a thousand bucks a night, I better freaking sweat star Wars. When I come out of there, I better have an identity crisis when I leave. No, I'm Corellian. No, I'm from Corellia. No, I am. I am. Cause I mean, that's, a, that's cruise price right there. It's all inclusive. I think you get meals. Like, you don't have to worry about paying for things because I thought it was all inclusive. Don't quote me on that. I don't want anyone to expect. Well, they haven't really even released prices yet. So I thought it was 3000 for three nights. That's the rumor. It's just okay. a rumor. 
but at that, it better be freaking all inclusive. We can go back and forth between Harry Potter and, and Star Wars and how they dropped the ball. I mean, even to the point where Disney is considering not building a Galaxy's Edge in France, they're debating if they should make a more in universe, like something we've actually seen Hawthor Tatooine in Euro Disney. Nice. That would be awesome. It just won't be here. Then I guess we got to go to Europe, but that's even going to be a smaller park than uh, the ones here because they're not going to put the, there's not going to be a smuggler's run or the Falcon from what I understand. COVID's really slowed everything down because, you know, Universal was supposed to make Epic Universe, which is a new theme park in Orlando. You know, if they're building a new theme park, would Disney respond with another one, maybe about 10 years from now to, to attract people to come there. And if they did, Disney's kind of homogenized all their parks where some of the theming is still there, but some of it isn't. I mean, Hollywood Studios doesn't really feel like a, a movie studio anymore. It's more just a place where you can go and experience and live in movies with Toy Story Land and Galaxy's Edge. So what would this new park be? Is it just a homogenized park where there's Tatooine and there's Monsters, Inc.? It's all speculation, though. Right, but that's another 10 to 15 years down the road once they recover from all this crap. Yep. I don't want to go off on Universal real quick, but they are releasing that Jurassic Park coaster next year, which looks insane. And rumor has it that uh, they will release a Captain Cardinal helmet. Yeah, it's a Target exclusive. That's confirmed. Yakface pulled it up. Okay, awesome. If you're into those Black Series helmets, there's a new one. It's, it's the first order helmet, but it's just painted red for Captain Cardinal which who's a bad guy who turned good in the Black Spire Outpost book. And in uh, Phasma, he's like Phasma's right-hand man in yeah. that book. Did he appear in the show, in, in Resistance? I only watched the first season of Resistance. No, so I've, I've picked up a couple of the uh, Resistance figures. And there is a red guy, but it's Major Von Reg. It's not Captain Cardinal. So I think the only appearance of Captain, Captain Cardinal is in that book. It might, he might have appeared in the... Um, phasma book but i don't think he's actually appeared in any physical media yet see there's another reason why galaxy's edge could have done even better at a red stormtrooper running around or because that was sort of the rumor yeah i think disney got a little scared because you know people are expecting familiar things and if you start loading it with you start loading this world with was it vi yeah she's she appears but not many people are familiar with her not many people are familiar with hondo and so I think that's why they, they stuck to Ray Chewbacca, Stormtroopers, and Kylo Ren, and they kind of nixed all of these new characters because this is as much as they can make it about, again, the whole experience is supposed to be your Star Wars story, but people go there and they're like, I, I just want to be in the Star Wars story. So they added characters that people are familiar with. And so they've kind of cut out all that Cardinal stuff. And I just wish they did the stunt show that they ran on opening day. That would have been awesome to see. Yeah, it, it, there's yeah <laughs> we can go back on a galaxy's edge we're disappointed in it one day but today's not that day <laughs> we're in denial yeah we'll stay in denial for a few more years and maybe someday when the the, the fog clears we're like yeah maybe it's not as great as we thought it was but it's still fun still go but lower your expectations it's fun don't listen to us as much as we hated it we loved it just the same so if you yeah. want to see grown men crying at the side of the Falcon, <laughs> go to Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> you can't take that away. No, you can't. We've already <laughs> said it. I've already documented it. <laughs> There's no backing out from that one. I cried like a little girl when I saw the Falcon. So. Now you cried like yourself. Yeah. <laughs> it was beautiful. Let's get into the Mandalorian because there's a lot, a lot of cool things and a lot of new questions that were brought up in this episode in the last like two minutes. Like they've been doing, they're, they're throwing out little bits and nuggets and keeping us hooked. It starts on the ship kind of limping through space and the Mandalorian is trying to get the child to fix a piece of it. The child has crawled into a little crawl space and he's got a blue wire and a red wire. He's unplugged the blue wire. He can't touch the wires because there was what a magnetic field or something like that. There's a magnetic charge and if they touch, it'll explode and he's got to plug the red wire in. And so it's just him trying to, you know, tell the child, red wire, what red wire in, put the red wire in, don't, don't touch them. Then he jams the blue wire in. He's like, no, no, no. So it's a lot of that back and forth. It's just very cute. Mando being a dad and baby Yoda being a baby. He's got all those cute noises, but they, they answer one of, you, one of the questions you asked last week. How does the Mandalorian eat and drink? <laughs> so I saw that. I was like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Just lift it up high enough to sip. 
sip, but that means I guess you're just eating, you know, drinking stuff or whatever. Do you have any other questions you want answered next week? Where's Ahsoka? Where's Sabine? Where's the Darksaber? Where's... <laughs> I think we're going to get that next week. The, the rumor has it that, yeah, next week I think Ahsoka is going to pop up. Next week is Chapter 13, The Jedi. So unless it's Luke... So it's been confirmed. Mm-hmm. How, where where are they confirmed? I'm just curious. Is it just out there? Uh, I don't know. I I guess I'm hearing it secondhand. I didn't speak to Dave Filoni. Okay. So yes, if it says the Jedi when when that opening sequence opens up, you'll you'll know. But then Ahsoka's not a Jedi, so yeah. but they assume she's a, de- a Jedi. Yeah, I guess she never really got her formal rank of Jedi, but she, for all intents and purposes, is pretty close. I mean, she took on Darth Vader, and, and most Jedi's die, so I consider her more Jedi than a Jedi. But anyways, they cut to a black market in the old Mandalorian hideout underneath Navarro, where a bunch of walrus men are doing conducting their black market business i thought that scene was was pretty cool just to see you know three wallace men together and you you kind of see what happened to the cauldron uh after the mandos left the mandalorian what, what is it the mythosaur skull is removed but you can still see the grime from where it was on the wall at one point and then uh marshall dune as she's known now not cara dune she's a marshal of navarro she comes in and kicks the ass she yeah. uh cleans up the uh, walrus men and then there's that cute fuzzy thing whatever it is that she ends up befriending that they were going to eat yeah and i'm considering that little guy to be known as dank ferret (laughs) yes it's a dank ferret (laughs) did you see did you watch the uh the ending credits no i i did but i don't know if i realized and the concept art that thing was supposed to breathe fire oh was it yeah they had it breathing fire from the on the concept art wonder if that got cut because of budget or something. I don't know. The budget is insane for this show. It could have breathed fire. I don't know. Maybe it just didn't work for the story. But no, I didn't see. I'll have to go back and watch it a third time. But then the Mandalorian lands on Navarro. And there is Grief Karga and Cara Dune waiting for him. And he needs to repair a ship so he can continue on and find the Jedi. Landing gears fighting to come out. Dock door comes open. It only opens so far and he's yeah. got to hop down and Cara Dune, they're just kind of laughing at him. because There's like, some panels on the side that are kind of uh, vibrating as he lands like they're going to fall, fall off any second. Yeah, it was, it's in really, really bad shape. And I bet everybody who has that $350 on the, has, on the Razor Crest was sitting there at that moment going, oh crap. But at the end of the episode, it looks more normal. At least the cockpit, it looks like it's the normal Razor Crest and it's clean and it looks looks like it was a good investment yes which well, then, I, got, I, mean, I, I got a feeling on that but we'll uh when we get to that part i'll i'll it yeah and i have a prediction about how this season might end with a cliffhanger we'll see okay do you want to save, save it? it i'll save it to the end of this episode all right awesome but it's just it's a wild theory so anyways um of course there's two people standing by uh, Grief Karga and Cara Dune, who will fix up the ship, and one guy kind of turns and sinisterly, I don't know if that's an adjective, I just made it one, looks at the camera, and, and I'm like, of course this guy's going to plant a tracking beacon at Star Wars. The one thing you've learned about watching Star Wars, when somebody stares intently at somebody and they focus in on him staring intently at somebody, that dude's up to no good. Right. That species is one of the main characters in Star Wars Squadron. Oh, is it? Yeah, so they're kind of bringing that together. From a distance, I thought it was the same species as Maz Kanata, but I don't, I don't think that's the case. No, this guy's got horns uh, forming, a, like going down towards his nose. So mm. it's a total different species than Maz. Okay, very cool. So there's some more interconnectivity in Star Wars there. But then they, they start walking through Navarro, and it's a – I hope I'm saying that right, because I keep saying Navarro like it's Dave Navarro from – Is it Jane's Addiction? Or Soundgarden, I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, I hope it's Navarro. Anyways, um, IG-11's back there as, as a statue, as a monument for his bravery. Now, did you see it the first go-round, or did you have to see it on the post? I go to work, and I don't get to see it until I come home. And by the time I'm coming home to watch it, I've seen something on Facebook. Part of my job is social media management for my company, and I'm always spoiling it. And inadvertently for myself, I, it's just because it's part of my job, I can't prevent not being on Facebook. So I do see stuff, and I did see that IG-11 was back there. My son didn't see it, and he didn't know about it. So we had to stop and go back. I didn't know about it the first watching, but the second watching, I knew about it, and you're just you're paying attention to them walking into the school. 
So you don't even notice it unless you know it's back there. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, you have to be tipped to know that it's there. So I'm glad I did see that section of the post on Facebook. But but yeah, then they go into a schoolhouse, which I thought was absolutely, I, I love this scene for many reasons. There's a lot of um, Easter eggs here, I think, if I, if I caught them right. Grief Karga is going to put the child in school for, for the afternoon so the, the Mandalorian can help them with their overall mission, the story of this episode. I have to laugh because it's, you have this very high, highly sought after asset, as uh, the Empire puts it. And you're just going to drop them in a school that's unguarded with a protocol droid? Yeah, but I think it's a place where there's trust now, which wasn't there before. They've transformed this place to a welcoming, inviting environment. And um, I think that just shows part of that. And even the Mandalorian doesn't trust it. He's like, no, wherever I go, the child goes. And they're like, trust us. It's okay. We've got business to discuss and this little brat don't need to be there. There's the protocol droid who also mentioned the Maelstrom. Did you pick that up? No. Yeah, when uh, there's a shot where they're kind of like, there's the school board, the protocol droid turns and faces the school. She says something like, and the Maelstrom is in this section, which is from Solo. So that was an Easter egg. And then there's a little girl that was kind of laughing at the child, which so my son and I thought she had the same hair as Ray. Now, we don't think this is Ray. It's obviously not Ray because there's another 25 years between this point and the force awakens. And I think Ray is 20. So I don't think she's a thing yet. Yeah. I noticed that too. I don't think it's Ray. I just, I get the timelines confused and I just thought it was a homage to Ray. Yes. But maybe like the little girl had seen Ray or heard stories of Ray, but yeah, that my timeline's off. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a Ray throwback. No, I think it's just a hairstyle that, you know, people of low of a lower class, maybe, you know, just throw their hair up like that. It's like a ponytail, I guess, maybe in the Star Wars universe. Right. Just like dang ferrets, the new curse word. And then this child is always thinking with his or her stomach. I guess we don't know for sure yet. You know, there's cookies there and the child wants the cookies. They're macaroons. The child, there's the, the child with the macaroons. The little boy is like, no, this is, this is mine. I'm not sharing. And so when the boy turns his head, the child uses the force and, and grabs the cookies. And I, I sent a picture of uh, the child eating a cookie. And my wife, who doesn't really watch the show, she's just like, oh, my goodness, this guy can't be any more cuter. <laughs> now he's got a cookie. <laughs> Give me my damn cookie. So suddenly I wanted my wife to make macaroons. <laughs> and if they're made right, they are very tasty. Yeah, they are. She's made some more ones before, and I love some more where she puts in graham cracker and, and uh, a layer of chocolate. And oh, I'm going to, I'll be right back. <laughs> hey, honey, can you make some macaroons? That was a great scene. Yeah. Um, and anything with the child is just, I mean, milk it, Disney, milk it, because that's your, that's your paycheck right there. On Mando Monday, they're going to be releasing a pop with Baby Yoda eating macaroons. For real? <laughs> I might not, I might not be able to avoid that one. It'd be awesome if he was in the the, the school chair, the desk, eating the cookie. You know, just kind of looking up with the little crumbs on his robes, whatever you want to call it. That that would be awesome. And then the chase version could be him with vomit on his jacket. That make with it- his, yeah, hands up. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh shit. That'd be awesome. And so so they leave the child there and they, they kind of take off to go t- talk business. And um, Mithral, I don't know if that's a species or if that's his name. The blue guy from the first, first episode of the season one, he's there. He's got some vision problems because he's been trapped in carbonite for a long time. But I love that he released gases out of his neck when he sees the Mandalorian. That was funny. Backing up a minute, I've I've learned at least on this season when they jump back, when they're showing the previews and it's jump, they jump back for like the 10 seconds into last season. Yeah. Pay attention to that because it's going to have, it's going to, there's, that's a callback. So like this one, they showed the blue guy getting frozen in carbonite and there he is in the episode. So we're going to see like two minutes of Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels in the next episode? I freaking hope so. That'd be awesome. That would be cool. Yeah. So the goal of this episode is to rid the stormtroopers of a hidden base on the other side of the planet that... The Empire is inhabited. It's supposed to be a skeletal crew, but there's a lot of black market material, a lot of guns and ships that valuable on the black market. So I think they want to destroy the place so they don't have smugglers and marauders coming in to steal that stuff and lessen the value and lessen the trust of what they've built on in, in their city. Basically, it's like we've created this this great little town and 
there's an imperial outpost on the other side of the planet that we want to take care of because we don't want the empire here anymore, basically. Right. And so the four of them have to go to the other side and overload a reactor because it's because the reactor is based on lava. And so if they overload the, the reactor, the whole the lava is going to increase in pressure and destroy the place. And they don't really go into it. It's Star Wars. You don't need to know the science. That's basically what they what they say. But Mithril is like a C-3PO in this episode where he's just the fearful every step they, they make, you know, I, I don't know if I want to do this. I, I'm going to drive back now. I've, I've driven you in my speeder here and, you know, we're, we're good. I, I can go now. Comic relief in this episode was him. Played by Horatio Sands from SNL. I have to look up and see who he is. Yeah, he did a lot of stuff with uh, Jimmy Fallon on SNL and they were like a pair. It's, uh, it's good to see Horatio Sands because I always love SNL and, and the players on that show and I like to see them succeed. So it's good to see um, him on the show, I guess. They break in and um, they sneak in and they get to the reactor. Which Wait, I, you uh, missed an important part. Yeah, I always do. You always do. So I got to stop you. Yeah, you stop me. You stop you. Wait a minute. Uh, what happens when they're trying to get to the thing and the myth at all, whatever the blue guy is cutting, trying to cut into the power, the controls. What did I miss? It he was bled. another dang ferret. Sign. Oh yes, dang ferret! Yeah, <laughs> another curse word. Yeah, Kara kind of curses under her breath, and because uh, he can't get through the connectors fast enough, because he's yeah. just, hey, this is rated for light plumbing. It's not rated for this kind of crap. Be glad I even brought it. And then Kara goes, dang ferret! And I had to rewatch it. I had to rewind it, my, because uh, you hear it, and you're like, did I just? hear what i thought i heard so you rewind it and you're like yep there it is yeah so there it is the mandalorian blasts off and he kind of flies to the top of this so they're down in a canyon he flies up to the top of the canyon where the main part of the base is there's a landing platform and so he goes up there and i think he's going to try to open the door from up there but he kind of quickly realizes that there's not a skeletal crew at this place this is a live base that there's a lot of stormtroopers present the more they got into that base the more you realize that uh, there was a lot going on in there this is the thing about this show that i get a little frustrated with is a lot of hallways and mirrored hallways and hallways upon hallways. So I was a little afraid we were going to go there. But luckily, there was only, what, like two or three hallways. So it's not really a, a concern in this episode, which I was relieved. And when I see those hallways and hallways and hallways, I kind of feel like there's the budget issue. And they've kind of, you know, saved money by using the same hallway. But that didn't happen. So we don't have to worry about that. And I was happy with that. Then they go to the reactor. And the Mithral makes a joke like... I wrote it down here. There's no guardrails on this. He's just walking out and he kind of acknowledged the fact that the Empire doesn't really care about the stormtroopers. If they fall, they fall. They have cut off one head or two more take its place kind of mentality. That's been my number one thing with Star Wars is like, can nobody invest in guardrails? Well, it's the Empire. They don't care. They'll use the material to build a Star, uh, star Destroyer or a uh, Death Star. They won't use it to save the life of a stormtrooper. I guess that's one way to think of it. But then they do overload the reactor and it starts to bubble up and it's time to clear out. That's when the thing really picks up. Yeah, everything picks up at that point. So we find out that this place is not just any old Imperial base. This is a lab facility of some sort. I guess they're clones in that wall there. So I don't know if I'm what they call matrix matrixing, seeing things that you can expect to see, but that first shot of a clone looks a lot like Snoke. I tried pausing it and I didn't really see anything. You couldn't really see it, but. Yeah, I don't know if, like I said, I'm, I'm seeing things. My brain is kind of filling in the blanks, but it looked a lot like Snoke, which would make sense if they're cloning Snoke and trying to put the Emperor in that body and that's not the first time i think i've heard that a couple of different times uh somebody saying that he thought they saw snoke um in the in that vat or whatever and then we find out that kind of going off the first season what the empire is doing behind the scenes that see they brought up the m1 count in the blood they want to give whatever they're working on a blood transfusion and they want to use the child's blood because he's got the force and he's got a high m1 count which I think a lot of people are making the connection that's midichlorians. Another theory was that the midichlorians was made such a big deal of in the first and the prequels that they didn't want to say midichlorians because it had a bad, uh, left a bad taste in people's mouths. And this time they just use M count. And Debating if I want to go down that tangent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the whole idea of midichlorians is that the Jedi have fallen away from what they, what they're supposed to be. It's all data at that point. If you have a high midichlorian count, you're going to be a good Jedi. It's not about your potential. It's about your midichlorian count. They've kind of taken the spiritual out of it and they made it more physical. And that was the whole point behind the midichlorians, I thought. So they could have just used the midichlorian count, 
But I mean, when you're talking to like doctors, they're not going to say you have a high red blood cell. Well, they might, but th there's like codes like HPC, like high, whatever, red blood, RBC, red blood count. So they would say you have a high RBC count or something like that. So M1 makes sense to me, but whatever. So, and then at the end of that little thing, he goes, I will not disappoint you again, Moth Gideon. Of course, the Mandalorian's like, Moth Gideon's dead. He's old. He's old. <laughs> you know, it, this is it's a little transmission. Yeah. Moth Gideon's dead. And, and at that point, you realize, uh, I guess, two things. He didn't hear anything Bo-Katan said about the Darksaber last episode. She never mentioned Moth Gideon by name either. So maybe he's just didn't put two and two to get, hasn't put two and two together yet. That's that's a good point because we know we made the connections, but I guess the Mandalorian didn't. Not care about who who has this dark saber. The, the Empire is up to sinister things. They're they're doing some crazy cloning, and we'll get to the other part in, at the end here. They're doing more than the, just cloning. But this is the thing that I thought was really interesting and had me curious about what more is going on. Is this are they trying to clone Snoke? Are they trying to clone the emperor? Are they using the child? I mean, they're obviously using the child to try to, to, to push that along. They're at least using his blood to, to get it going. I don't think the way it sounds, at least in that transmission, is all they're doing is using his blood. They're not really doing anything else, but, you know, uh, harvesting his blood to, to put in to transmit to those people or whatever the hell they're doing. They don't necessarily want to kill the child because if they do that, there goes their only bloodstream, I guess. Right. No pun intended. They, they don't want to lose that. They want to keep him alive to keep harvesting his blood. The second they realize that Moff Gideon is alive, the Mandalorian, he just takes off. He, he's like, I, I'm going to go get the child, leaving uh, Grief Karga, Cara Dune, and the Mithril um, to kind of escape on their own. And then there's more hallways. Quickly. Not a lot. <laughs> I feel like I've said hallways too many times to express the amount of hallways that you see in some of these episodes. So then they steal an Imperial troop transport from the old Kenner days and from the last season of, of the show. And they, uh, they make their escape through the Canyon, which was an exciting scene. It's when the, you finally see those uh, speeder bikes chase after them where they do that big jump. Uh, I did kind of like the, you get to see that one mix up of the one speeder bike who hits something and takes him and another speeder bike out. So that was kind of fun to see. Yeah. I wrote down in my notes that I love the perspective the camera takes as they, they chase down the, speeder bikes themselves and you can kind of see them kind of um, moving with the bikes they're kind of like stepping off of the seat a little bit and um, that whole that whole shot I just thought was rich in detail they really do the action stuff really well in this in this show and then uh, grief cargo takes the gun in the back of the troop transport and I also made the note that I love the vintage style graphics you know even with all the technology that we have nowadays in our you know, real world and how they can make these graphics look great. They, they keep it in universe and they make it look pretty uh, rudimentary. Yeah. It's, it's just the old school, the graphics. I love that. Kicking it back to the prequels. It's funny because if you pay attention, the first half of the prequels, you know, it's the technology is really awesome and it's really intense. But then when you start getting into where it comes into a new hope, the technology slowly starts getting back to that 70s feel. The speeder bike chase, I mean, that just takes you back to Return of the Jedi, which is an awesome part of that movie. I think it's one of the highlights of Return of the Jedi. Well, there's, I don't know, how do you pick your favorite? But that was a cool scene where the speeder bike's chasing them, and um, it kind of had some uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade vibe to it. They pull a lot of vibe out of these movies, you know, they because they had a Jaws vibe and they had an Alien vibe. Now they have an Indiana Jones vibe. And then after they take out those speeder bikes, they have like four TIE fighters kind of chase after them. I like the look of those TIE fighters, man, because they, they were, you could tell they'd been sitting in lava for a minute and they weren't nice and gray. They were gritty and, yeah. uh, you know, they did the whole wing thing. Moth Gideon's did, which you thought was maybe just exclusive to his TIE fighter, but then you realize real quick, it's not. It makes a whole heck of a lot of sense that a TIE fighter does that now, because how else are you going to get inside of it? I mean, in Rebels, they would have like platforms that you would have to walk up and then, you know, lower yourself into the, the cab of the ship. So yeah. this is different, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe when there's not a whole lot of other TIE fighters around, that's what they send these out or you know, it's just one of those weird things where you don't have the support. This is, you know, what you have. Yeah, well, I watch it. I'm like, so we're going to get at some point a speeder bike in, well, we're getting that, I guess, in Black Series, but we'll get that in 3.75. We'll get the TIE Fighter that has foldable wings for an action figure at some point. I watched the show and I'm like, okay, well, what are we getting next year? Because it takes them a year to make this stuff. Unless you're Funko, then they release it the next day. 
Right. <laughs> he streamlined the process somehow. But yeah, that, that uh, chase scene in the canyon had a lot of um, A New Hope feel with canyon on the Death Star. Here's my one issue with the whole episode. Oh, sure. I didn't as, have any, so go. As soon as he blows up that one TIE fighter, you know, they're, everything's going to dire and oh my God, it, we're all going to die. What shows up in pristine freaking condition? The Razor Crest. <laughs> it got fixed. It got fixed, which I have no problem with it getting fixed. But in an it, hour. In an hour. <laughs> it got fixed they, in an hour. It went from a shithole to being almost brand new in an hour. Now, those guys must be some pretty awesome freaking mechanics, or they had 50 people working on it, or the Mandalorian just went, it's good enough. I want to know how they fix that Razor Crest to be in that flyable in that short a time. You said it yourself. They're expert mechanics. <laughs> or you just go, it's Star Wars. And it's Star Wars. At the end of the day, just turn off your brain and enjoy it. That's what I ended up doing. But I love the things that people suspend their disbelief for. <laughs> right. That's the line. <laughs> just, just shut up. That's when you poke your brain and go, shut up, brain. And you just enjoy oh. the Razor Crest flying, which I, I do definitely enjoy. I, oh, I, let me let me jump back a minute before I get into the whole thing. You could just hear how many people back to Razor Crests? Six, seven, how many? Like 22,000 people? 28. 20, 28 you can 000. hear the, the gasp of joy of 28,000 people at once when that Razor Crest popped out of, and, and being, you know, pristine again. There's some drama, you know. Keep you on the line. Yeah. Raise the stakes. But yeah, no, the Razor Crest comes and saves the day. Blows up the remaining uh, TIE fighters. But I, I think the real attraction in this scene was the child eating his cookies and having his hands up and just laughing hysterically at the roller coaster ride that he's on. That was so great. Because you're just, you know, you're, you're sitting there and you can't help but laugh. And you're like, he's, yeah, wee! <laughs> and, like a two, and like a true child who doesn't know their limits, <laughs> he throws up at the end. Yeah, and then of course you. It took me watching this the second go round. Grief Karga asked the Mandalorian, "Hey, can we buy you a drink?" And he's go, "I've got some onboard maintenance issues I have to take care of." Which I thought he was meaning the the wires and stuff, but he was meaning cleaning up the child. Oh yes, yes, he didn't want to see the child puke. <laughs> yeah, watching that the second time, I thought that was kind of funny. It was, it was a great scene. You you forget that he's just a kid, and, and when he throws up, you're just like, yeah. Of course, that's what a kid would do. That's yeah. what they, do. they puke on you. They take off, and there's a couple interesting scenes that happen after this. We see the X-Wing pilot that we saw in the second episode, which on that ice planet. And so when I saw him return, I felt like it was more cohesive, that there was a reason why we introduced them in that second episode. They're, they're on patrol, and they're, they're trying to in investigate to see what the Empire's up to. I think that they, yet again, here's another subplot that the – New Republic is trying to figure things out because he actually says, uh, you know, there's something going on in the outer rims and nobody believes it, but I, I think that something's going on. There's something right. real. Right. Which made me appreciate the second episode a little bit more. There goes yet another, sub, you know, subplot number two. And then, uh, you know, he talks to uh, Cara Dune about Alderaan and you can still she, see she's still, you know, heard about it. I lost everyone is what she said. And did, did you hear the story about who that guy is in no. real life? He is a Canadian cosplayer who's like very big in cosplay. And I don't know. I'm not sure how they found him, but he's just a Canadian cosplayer who cosplays a bunch of stuff. And he got the role on Mandalorian. That's awesome. That's just as good as that 501st stuff. You can get somewhere by cosplaying kids. So do it. He does a good job for not being an actor. He's a better job than Cara Dune. <laughs> oh you know they didn't hire her for her acting skills no she's a fighter and, and she's great at what she does but she's a, w a little wooden i guess maybe is what i'm trying to say and i don't know if i really want to say that out loud <laughs> because i want it to be inclusive and i want everyone to be part of star wars and i want everyone to like star wars and i don't want to taint anyone's you know, experience of it if they they hear me say that and then they go watch the show and they're like oh he's absolutely right you know did i just ruin it for someone else I was listening to a podcast and they had something go back with Han Solo and he was talking about how the, you know, the famous line where I've been the one end of the universe and the other, and I've never seen a, you know, something versus a blaster, that line. And it's like, he sounded extremely bored when he said that line. So. Well, 
it ruined uh, Return of the Jedi for me because you can just tell that Han Solo didn't, or Harrison Ford didn't want to be there. He only had a contract for two movies. And so when he got frozen at the end of The Empire Strikes Back, they weren't sure what they were going to do with that character because he wasn't signed on for Return of the Jedi. And he actually pushed uh, for Han Solo to, to die and not survive the carbonite freezing. And so when you watch Return of the Jedi with the mindset that Harrison Ford didn't really want to be there, you know, he kind of felt like he outgrown those and he wanted to do other things. Mm-hmm. Um, with that light, you can see his boredom. Oh, wow. I'll have to rewatch yeah, it with that. Yeah, don't, don't do that. <laughs> I mean, if you've gotten away with it for this long, what, 35, almost 40 years, um, enjoying Return of the Jedi, every so often I'll remind myself of that, and especially some of the stuff on Endor. You can just see, like, he's just like, I'm going through the motions here. It's a paycheck. Yeah, unfortunately. I apologize if I've tainted this for anyone. She's my least favorite character. I think the Mandalorian with his helmet does a lot more acting and emoting than a human. <laughs> I guess that's enough shade for one day. <laughs> well, okay. So going back to that scene, what does that pilot leave on is that a badge is that a calling card it looks like a badge more than a calling card but what is that i think it's a challenge coin it used to make challenge coins so that's why it stuck out it had some of the it had some kind of badge or something on it like a flag or something yeah at the bottom but i think it's uh i think it's a challenge coin period (laughs) dude i like i keep saying man you have got some of the best theories and your theories have not been proven wrong yet so but it doesn't make sense in the fact that you would make like a hundred challenge coins and after you work on a product or project you would leave the challenge coin with that person it's not like you have a hundred heavy metal coins in your pocket so i would think he earned that at some point and maybe it was for bravery maybe it was for sacrifice and he sacrificed to the, the rebellion and he's leaving it to her because of her sacrifice, which she's lost because of the war, which is all of her family from Alderaan. I just thought of something. What if that little flag or badge or whatever that was on the, because it was a red and white little thing. Uh, what if that, he earned that for the, for the battle of Alderaan. So he left that for her. Or Yavin? Yavin. Yes. No, yes. Alderaan, because he said he fought in Alderaan. Or fought that? at that time or something because when he's talking to her about uh it says here you're from alderaan i i fought at that time or served during Alderaan. yes yes so he was I, I just took that as he was part of the rebellion during that time but i don't think there was any battle on alderaan that was a peaceful okay oh yeah it was which makes things even more interesting because that was a sp- peaceful um a planet there was really no cause for war so it's interesting that cara dune is now a tough fighter and then we cut to a Star Destroyer with some sinister violin music playing in the background. That's a not. That's actually a Raider, dude. That's not a Star Destroyer. That's oh. a Raider, which what? is a. I think is a. Well, I'm pretty sure it's a Raider because I've been playing squadrons like a madman. And what's a Raider? It's it's just a little ship, a little oh, okay. Star Destroyer, basically a mini Star Destroyer. Oh, maybe like the the size of the Tantum Four. Was it Tantum Four? Basically that that size ship. Moth Gideon's on it. So right. maybe a star. It may be his star destroyer. Sorry, just maybe. I don't know. Anyways, they're doing some pretty cool stuff on there. They get the transmission that the guy that we kind of anticipated at the beginning of the episode, who put the homing beacon on the Razor Crest, is exactly that. He's a spy and he's reporting in, and he's told them that you know he's put that on the ship. And so this lady goes. Um, it's a lady Imperial officer who said something like, "You'll be re- rewarded in the new era." which is obviously like they're building up to that first order. Yeah. You know, I did hear on another podcast, they were kind of doing a true and false for this season. And they were, that was one of the questions, you know, will the first order be mentioned in this season? So maybe that's the. the Yeah. I would, I would imagine that, you know, they clone Snoke or they build Snoke and he comes out and he's like, okay, great. Now the empire is dead. Now it's time for a new order, the first order, something like that. Like, I think that's more of an executive order than a group of, because I think all the lower people are going to say, we're just part of the empire and we're continuing on with the empire. I think someone new has to come along and say, no, we are the first order. Okay. That's my read. Gotcha. That's my speculation. But then she goes to report in with Moff Gideon and, 
That's a very interesting room that Moff Gideon's in. I've heard several different theories. Uh, I thought they were death troopers. If they're putting the force or force blood into those, they would be better than death troopers. Well, we don't know if that's what they're doing. So it's a row of a black armored something or other. They're, they're not death troopers. But some people were saying that it's possibly dark troopers. I guess they started off as part clone, part machine like Darth Vader. And then as the clones got older, they replaced them with full like battle droids almost. So the Empire is making battle droids. Um, but that's an expanded universe thing that they're folding in, if, if that's what this is. And how much other expanded universe stuff have they brought into this show? Um, pretty much a lot. A lot. <laughs> the incinerator troopers was from The Force Unleashed, the video game. So maybe Dave Filoni really liked that video game. Fallen Order video game, which the timeline wouldn't work because Darth Vader's in Fallen Order. Sorry if I spoiled it for you people, but that game's been out for two years. You should have played it by now. There's Force-sensitive troopers in there. The Purge troopers? The Purge troopers. Aren't they yeah. force, Force-sensitive? force um, I think that's what these Dark Troopers at, were at one point. I think there was some Dark Troopers known as Purge troopers. Mm-hmm. I'm not full up on the lore, so I hope I'm not getting this wrong from my limited knowledge. I think that's that's the case, that they pulled in these purge troopers who were Force-sensitive and can block Force pushes. But with that, you know, they kind of just have Moff Gideon looking at these dark troopers. I guess that's what we'll call it, because we don't know yet. And that the, sh- the episode ends, and I, I kind of thought to myself, you know, this is the end of what we've seen in the trailer. I don't think there was anything left from the trailers that we haven't seen. You know, we just have four more episodes, kind of spoiler free. We don't know who we'll see, who's going to be in it, you know, any of that. I'm looking forward to it. And I hope, uh, you know, the next four will kind of be, you know, balls to the wall action. And we're not going to get any more fill, even though I want to consider this one a filler episode because there was some, a lot of stuff, maybe half of it was filler, but um, you know, they were, they did drop some knowledge on us or, you know, more questions and answers. Right. And I feel like Moff Gideon is an analog for uh, Thrawn. Yeah. I mean, they've already used Thrawn, so they can't use him, which, oh my God, if they did, that would have been maybe my favorite part of all of Star Wars was this Mandalorian with uh, the Thrawn as Moff Gideon or whatever. Dude, yeah. But yeah, he's like very tactical. He's smart. He's always thinking three steps ahead, he, he, just minus the art aspect of that character. Them bringing back Ahsoka that whole do you're leaving yourself open for is Thrawn going to pop up cuz yeah don't even get me started on Thrawn showing up on this episode on this show yeah. cuz then i really wrote you know jeez that would be just phenomenal yeah maybe he's in charge of the empire now we'll see that, i mean it's 5 years later so yeah what if what if they do find thrawn and he's in, he's taken over in the dark regions uh, unknown regions but i think i think the season's going to end with moff gideon getting the child and leaving the Mandalorian alone. And that's, that's my prediction. I don't know if, I don't know if that'll actually happen, but I could see it. I could see that happening. Or I think some kind of way Ahsoka will get the child. What I'm looking forward to is Ahsoka's going to know that species. She's going to know he's the same species as Yoda. And she's just going to, she's either going to drop a wealth of knowledge on the Mando or is just going to, it's going to go one way or the other in, I'm hoping she's just like, oh yeah, that's I've seen one of these before. It's Master Yoda, and then all of a sudden, boom, you know, then you're going into the whole Yoda post story, you know, backstory. Yeah. Uh, this next episode is going to be. I'm glad I'm not working this Friday, so I can watch it first thing in the morning. I'm going to wake my son up and be like, let's do this because oh, yeah. it's. I'm glad I don't need to go to work and and waste time i don't should waste time because who knows maybe someone from work is listening <laughs> but you know what i mean like i want to be there watching the mandalorian i don't want to be working especially this episode uh yeah because the last year they did this was the uh, atst episode when he was in the village uh for the day after thanksgiving so, yeah but this is a different case this is a so good this is yeah the oh, dude that would be awesome if they did that on purpose if they did the save the Ahsoka episode for the day after Thanksgiving, because knowing people will be off. And to set expectations, uh, there's rumors that it's just like a glorified cameo. Uh-huh. So it might not be a full episode of Ahsoka. I think it'd be interesting because you would think she would take the child and become and make the child a Padawan. 
But then again, she's got that compassionate side and she might say, no, this child needs to be with the family and you need to take him because I'm on my own mission finding Ezra. Uh, it would make sense because that's what they did with Bo-Katan. Maybe, you know, on maybe. that's another thing that I wish that the guest stars would stick around a little bit more because, you know, they do bring in some big name actors and they're there for one episode. Yeah, I still think Cobb's coming back. I, he's got to be coming back. I, I he, cause he's got to end. I think he's going to end up back on Tatooine, but just because the draw is there, it may take a season. They didn't do all that build up for, for Tatooine just for one episode. Right. And that Boba Fett reveal. Yeah. We've got to uh, come back to that at some point. And especially cause you know, that armor somewhere on the razor crest. Yeah. And I want it. Yeah. <laughs> There was that scene where the speeder bike kind of crashed and this was the last guy to, to get blown up and the helmet starts rolling. Uh-huh. I'm like, I'll just go over there and pick that up. <laughs> it doesn't need to stay there. That would have been cool. But that's what Ezra does in Rebels. He collects those helmets and then Sabine, Sabine paints them all up. No, I, that's all I got. All right, Jason, thanks for joining me today. Where can they find you on social media, my friend? Uh, same as always, Jason Wasolko at... Uh, Instagram. And then if you go to wasolko.com, I just launched a new website. I included links for Smuggler's Galaxy on there. So depending if you're on iTunes or Spotify or Google Play, it's a quick way to find it. Cool. You can find me on Instagram at CajunFet. That's also my gamer tag on PlayStation because I just upgraded that this morning. So now I can go live and play Squadrons. Hit me up. Find us smugglersgalaxy at gmail.com. Shoot us an email. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, Please like us, review us, give us some stars, all that happy crap on uh, iTunes. Jason, this is the way. This is the way.